Welcome to Yin and Yang, the podcast. Uh, today is a very special episode. We're joined by Nicole McClendon. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, McClendon. McClendon. Hi. Yay. Yay. And uh, uh, so Nicole and I, we've met before uh, at a uh, at a production, well, development place. You know, it was, it, it was a le- good learning experience. And um, for this particular episode... As you probably saw from the title, which we will have below, it's about Terrace House, Boys and Girls in the City. And uh, basically, yeah, before we get into it, let me see if I can actually play. Can I play this? Let's see. Hold on. Uh, Is it F? Okay, yeah. All right, here. Uh, So intro. Uh, Are you going to play Aloha? The lights follow? Let's see. (laughs) I've been stealing time Thinking if I tried Everything would turn out right Caught up in the climb Love was far behind Someone's got to stop this madness But all this seems that it's okay And all we feel is day to day We're on replay all these dreams where life's made are leaving all the people that we love to slow down. How? We slow down. And then there's like a whole, whole other song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you actually tried? Did you watch the the song from that Taishi? One of the Aloha State guys, or two of the Aloha State guys, um, they covered on YouTube. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, it's called Kosui. Is um, one of the guys Taishi. You probably haven't meet, met him yet, but he's a terrible singer. But the what the you oh, you mean play. Guilty Samurai? Yeah, I know Guilty yeah. Samurai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eating Kai actually plays a guitar on that, and he, he's like obviously awesome. But uh, Taishi is a terrible singer, but he knows it. Yeah, Taishi. Anyways, enough about um, Aloha State. Yeah, enough about Aloha State. Back on topic. <laughs> so yeah, Dan, you want to lead us into uh, the topic we're talking about today? Yeah, so we are talking about Terrace House, which is a reality TV show on Netflix. It's based uh, in Japan for the first two seasons. One season that's not on Netflix, but one season, the very first season that they have on Netflix is, is actually the second season officially. But uh, the only one that's available to us as a first season is Boys and Girls in the City. Um, they have three boys and three girls, or three men and three women live in a house together for as long as they want and with the idea that they might meet someone they want to meet or hook up with or not hook up with but actually date there's a very big distinction right they don't just hook up like um the the shows in in america where like like big brother where they just have like hookups random hookups or like one night stands it's it's very formal and we can talk about that and that's what we should talk about it's very formal and my wife when she saw it's like is that how this dating is like in japan yeah like, I, don't I haven't dated the japanese girl from japan <laughs> where, where you actually have to make your intentions known before you hold hands or uh, even go to get to first base what you is the hak- kesoku. Hak- kesoku, right yeah confession yeah 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 nicole do you speak any japanese at all or no no okay nothing. yeah yeah dan yeah. speaks some japanese i'm learning japanese right now so it was very interesting to like 
um, even to hear kind of like the casual conversation, pick up some fun words. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before we go into that, we should yeah. talk to Nicole and, and introduce Nicole. Yeah. And you should give a brief background. I know you, you guys uh, interned or were, met somewhere at a production place, but um, you want, you, if you want, you can give a brief background of yourself if you like. Or yeah, Nicole, yeah. We want to talk a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, sure. A brief background. Um, I went to Chapman for screenwriting, so I just graduated last year now, so it's a year and now I've been working at this entertainment law firm, Ramo Law PC. If you need work done, come to us. But um, I've been working as an assistant in their packaging and sales department where we like look over client scripts and help send them out to different like production companies and distributors. Um, so just kind of getting my door foot in the door for the entertainment industry. But hopefully one day we'll actually get paid to like write. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I, if I remember correctly, you were you studied. I think at Chapman you study everything, right? Writing, production, directing. Actually, just screenwriting. I oh, mean, you just, just like focus on screenwriting. Classes, but yeah, I got ultimately my degree in screenwriting. Yeah. Oh, cool! And that was that was your undergrad or your master's or? Undergrad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. No, I'm glad that you're still you're still working towards your dream. That's amazing. Which is uh, another theme in Boys and Girls <laughs> in the City. So. Um, that's great. No, that's, that's great. I think we definitely like, we should catch up like sometime. I, I, it's good to hear uh, some other fellow interns. Uh, yeah, for this one, um, for this podcast, it'd be interesting to hear. So yeah, as Dan mentioned, this is the first season that's on Netflix. So for many people, this is for uh, boys and girls in the city. Um, uh, the reason I reached out to Nicole is because we I saw that on Instagram, like we were following some of the same people. And you know, Armand and so I was like, "Oh, hey, are you are you you're a fan too?" And then it's kind of like once you find out there's another fan of Terrace House, there's like this kind of cultish feeling, like, "Oh, we we know something. We we know about something that yes. <laughs> maybe the general population is not privy to." And um, I'd be curious to hear each of your. Uh, so, Danny, I guess you shared already a little bit about how you first found Terrace House. I guess Netflix. I, yeah, I mean, if if you both want to share, um, I'll start with my experience. Uh, my experience first coming to Terrace House was like I had heard about it. I had seen maybe like some clips or something online, but I tried watching it a few years ago, and it just I was like I don't get it. Like I, I watched like the first episode of Aloha State, I think, because mm-hmm. uh, I think Lawrence High was like getting really famous at the time, and I was like okay, I'll check it out. She's Asian American. I'm Asian American, so I checked it out. And I was just like eh, but I think I think why because I, I I skipped Boys and Girls in the City, you know, coming straight into Aloha State. I was like, yeah, I think it's kind of boring, you know. I don't really get it. It wasn't until I um, the pandemic around March April. I was like, fuck, what's what's there to watch, you know? And then I started. I, I flicked through. Okay, um, I had to be honest. It's kind of sorry uh, down note down note, but like um, I had heard about Hanakamura. Uh, so actually that that was May I think what was it May yeah she passed in May but um, anyways uh, I, I'm trying to remember the series of events if I watched it before or after, oh you know what actually I, I watched it a little bit later so I not the start of the pandemic but like towards the the the, the May part of the pandemic um, I had heard about Connor Kimura. Um, she was a pro wrestler that's on that was on the current season, 2019-2020 Tokyo uh, Terrace House. And uh, a friend had posted something about 
how she had passed and it was very I was like what's 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 this about and also some other pro wrestlers had posted about it um, she was a professional wrestler that was uh, only 22 years old that was on the current season so I looked into it and I was just like what is oh this is the terrace house and I wanted to, and I talked to some friends about like what's this all about so I, ethically I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch the series because of, it had some sort of controversy around it uh, ultimately, my friend says, like, James, you know, like, you know, you can decide for yourself, but I do definitely think there, there is something there to watch. There is something. So I started watching Boys and Girls in the City. Uh, I wanted to start from the earliest one that was on Netflix. And, like, no joke, I got super addicted. Like, I was watching it. It was in, during the, like, because May was, like, when, like, people were starting to, like, finally take it seriously. Like, April, they're like, I don't know if I really need to wear a mask. And then May, everyone's like fucking yeah. Everyone's got to wear a mask, and um, so I was and so I was clamped down at home, and yeah, I just like watched that series, and it really was. I watched another YouTuber, uh, Flesh Monk, and he he mentioned how it was like therapy for him, and I think in a way it was. It's just very soothing for some reason watching these people and their lives. I mean, there were some really stressful parts, but just having it externalized in other people and watching it. it it was very it made me think about my own life in a lot of ways but yeah how about you uh both of you like how did you guys come to the series yeah nicole why don't you go first yeah so i started watching it a few years back like my sophomore year of college because one of my roommates had been like listening to a podcast and they mentioned tara's house um so she'd started watching the first few episodes and she saw dream police and she was like you guys like all of us in the house you need to watch this um, and then from there, you can decide if you want to watch the rest of the show. So we all like watched Dream Police together and we were all thought it was like absolutely insane how he was behaving and everything. So we wow. decided to like go from the beginning and start watching. Um, so for that year, it was like our roommate's tradition, I guess, for to like watch like a few episodes every week. Uh, um, and then so, yeah, we just ended up doing that. And then even then, once we like parted ways and stopped living together I mean it's like you said pretty addicting so I just kept watching the other seasons and yeah it's kind of how I got into it dream police that episode okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan yeah Dan are you still there Dan oh, can you sorry. hear us my, oh, yeah. yeah my network dropped just for a sec oh, okay yeah, I had, there was a power out earlier today here in the the valley. Um, that's weird. But yeah, how about yourself, Dan? Um, someone told me about it uh, a few years ago, and I just never got around to it. But then once the pandemic hit, I was like, I, I need a different content. And I was looking for something Japanese-oriented because I was watching Midnight, Midnight Diner, which is also on Netflix. And it's kind of uh, cheesy and overacted and everything like that, so... I thought I'd give Terrace House a start or a try, but I had to find which one to start with. So I, I asked a friend, and he said, "Oh, Boys and Girls in the City." So that's what I started with because I, I didn't know. Like it doesn't tell you Aloha State's like the second season and anything like that. So yeah, you have to look at the release date. Uh, let me see. Yeah, Terrace House Boys and Girls was 2015, September 2015. So it's been exactly. Wow, it's been exactly five years five since years. it started, and it ended a year later in 2016. Yeah, September 2016, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I know there's a lot to talk about, so maybe we should just get into it. Um, I know. I, so as far as this podcast, there's two ways we can go about it. We can co- go like 
um, we can. I was one way I was thinking like maybe events chronologically, and then maybe from there branch off to like the big ideas I had listed, like reality versus fiction, real time culture. Um, how do you guys feel? Yeah. Nicole. That works for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we I, should actually we should at least set up the premise of the show. I know I, I talked about briefly about six or three three men and three women. Yeah. But we didn't talk about the commentators. They're all oh, right. commentators, yeah. right? Three Amazing. men and three women. Yeah. Yeah. Three men and three women. Right, or right. no, actually it's more than that. It's like four women. No, no, it's three, three women, three, three women. men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and then, so they, yeah. they have people who actually who talk about it right after the opening scene, you know, talked about the previous events and they um they dissect. They they're almost like a color color commentary for events that happen in the in the house that they live in. Right. So there's that, and they they have it. They talk at the very beginning. They talk at the very end, and they always emphasize that it's an unscripted show, which <laughs> we should get into. Can, I don't like, think it's completely. Can, can can you can you do it in Japanese? Like they repeat it every time. So I was like, man, if I can memorize this in Japanese, that'd be good. You know, it's like steki well, na kuruma, steki no no ie. I have to go. I have to go see it again, you know, just to refresh my yeah, mind. Yeah, Stecky means nice, oh. right? But so basically, she says at the start of every, every episode, "Konbanwa," um, yeah. you know, which means good night, good evening. Um, uh, Terrace House is an un, uh, Terrace House is a show about uh, six strangers, three men, three women that live in a nice, and all that we provide is a nice house, a nice car, and there is no script at all. Um, yeah. yeah. Am I missing something? So, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's it. And then I, well, the thing is, I don't remember it too well because in, in Netflix with a Apple TV, you can actually skip the oh, intro. Skip the intro, and yeah. <laughs> and it just like cuts into like, you know, it's an unscripted show. And I was like, okay, anyways, I don't care about whatever the intro is. But uh, also, whenever a man leaves or whenever a woman leaves, they always replace it with another woman or another man, depending to make sure that there's always a three three on three balance. Yeah. And right. then everyone who lives there. They have their own lives. They, they're, if they're a student, they still continue going to school. If they're working, doing whatever they're working on, they continue doing that. I don't know how some of the people who stopped working continue to live there and like afford to live there. I don't know if they get paid, uh, some sort of. I mean, it's free rent, have. obviously. I guess, yeah. Right, but I mean, they're young. Most of them are young people, or they're um, very few of them are established in their career. Yeah. So I don't know how they get along, and. I mean, they have part-time jobs. You know, someone pick up part-time jobs, but right? It's not like a load of money that they're making. Right. Yeah. I I, I was curious about like if they get paid to you or not. Um, it Terrace House is very interesting because the the, the way the production is is kind of like a black box. Um, I don't know if you know anything about how the production is, but like yeah, Nicole and I know something about film production, and I was trying to look up how how is their production. Whereas like Big Big Brother, they have like they have the camera on all the time or something like that or they have like the cctv or whatever i'm not sure yeah but, but for this one the the camera quality is really good the sound's really good so i'm assuming they're using lavalier mics or at least because to use a boom mic you'd actually have to have it would be really hard to get some of those angles with a boom mic in the shot you know um so i'm assuming they're using lavalier which are these portable mics and then the, the camera, there's camera movement, so there has to be a camera operator there. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so that's the premise of the show. Uh, sorry, Nicole, did we miss anything? Or 
No, I think you covered it all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's uh, there's six commentators that are more established in their fields. Uh, the first six commentators in the first part. There's two parts of Boys and Girls in the City. A uh, total of 46 episodes. The first half of the series uh, is. Um, is you? She's there from the beginning of uh, since season one of Terrace House. She's a an older lady. She's a uh, famous actress and uh, and uh, per- TV personality in Japan. There's a uh, um, uh, uh, <laughs> what is it? Babazono. Babazono. She's the um, I guess what's the word? She's a little bit more thicker woman. She's like yeah, I guess yeah, more round round roundy. <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, she's Both a comedian. Figures. Yeah, there's Tokyo to- Tokui. Tokui. He's a maybe a middle-aged man, thinner. And then there's Yamachan. Uh, or yeah, he's like the guy with glasses, and he's he's everyone's all funny in their own right. But he seems to have distinguished himself as the hater. Like he's always the hater <laughs> of, of panelists. And then they have a young guy. Um, the first part was part one was Ayumi, who's like fourteen. I personally, I thought that was kind of a bad choice. I mean, he's too young to really share anything. Like when yeah. they when they asked him, "Hey, what have you learned uh, since you're leaving?" He's like, "Costco, Costco." <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then after that, it was taken over for the majority of the season by Kentaro, who's a uh, who is an upcoming actor as well. Uh, Yumi was an actor, and Kentaro is a he's 18, so he has some maybe a little bit more life experience. Yeah. So, cool. Let's get into it as far as the events. So, Nicole touched on it. Dream Police. Yay, Yuki. Um, <laughs> so, let's start it off. Uh, it first opens with uh, six strangers coming into the house. We have um, we have Makko-chan. He's a uh, baseball player. So, uh, basically, the uh, for all everyone who's listening to this podcast, we're assuming that you've watched it. Uh, and we're going to talk as if you've already seen the series. However, we're going to do some refreshers. But that way, just heads up, spoilers galore. We're going to spoil every single thing about this series. Um, I'm going to try to avoid spoiling stuff from Aloha State, uh, which I just started watching. And also from the season one, which most people haven't watched uh, of Terrace House. But I'm going to try to keep it. But I may make some references, but in vague terms. Um, so anyways... It starts with uh, Mako-chan. He's a baseball player. Uh, there is uh, Mizuki. She's a businesswoman. And uh, she's 23. Mako's like 21. Minori, she is 21. She's a model. And then there's Uchi. He's a hairstylist. Uchi-san, he's 23. And then this is all on, on like Wikipedia. And then um, who else is there? Uh, there is... Um, Yuriko Hayata, she's a medical student. And then last person is Yuki Adachi, a.k.a. the Dream Police. <laughs> so uh, this episode, um, it's his birthday. They're sharing like their dreams. Uh, and then Mizuki, the office woman slash barista, is talking about her dreams. And Nicole, it seems like you had a very visceral uh, reaction to this uh, episode. So basically what happens is that Yuki's like asking, really, that's your dream? You want to open your own coffee shop? I'm not really clear. And she starts crying. And then what's crazy is that Yuriko, the medical student, starts crying too. And she's like, I don't know, but she's trying to explain it. And you guys are not getting it. you know. So Nicole, what, what was your first reaction? 
Um, I think definitely the first reaction was like, first of all, why is he doing this? Like, why is he like attacking her? I guess. Um, I guess like you get more used to it as you watch like kind of more like Japanese culture and how they like do things. But um, like there's like a lot of crying that actually happens. I feel like throughout the series that I was like not used to seeing. Um, but I think just like seeing like this guy who I kind of off the bat did not like or vibe with, I guess. Um, and throughout the series did not like or vibe with in any way, but um, just like seeing him go after like what I thought was like a fairly clear, like a dream. Like she wanted to like, she's talking about like a theme park and like opening a coffee shop and it wasn't super like a concrete, this is my five step plan to getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seemed fairly like clear, like she knew generally what she wanted, but she's like still young and has time to like figure things out. Um, but he seemed to want like a whole PowerPoint presentation of how she was yeah. going to achieve these dreams and the things. And he's just, he's like a tap dancer. So I didn't know like how he had the authority to be coming from that place to attack her for her dreams. I mean, so. I guess he's a little bit older. He's 20, he's the oldest in that first group, 27, but still who cares, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that one, I, I don't think when people have those dreams, right, they, they know what they want to be. They want to be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, an actor, a singer, whatever. I, I thought that was pretty unfair because not everyone has that luxury of like, oh, that's exactly what I want to do. So you're in your 20s, you try things out. At least for me, I was like, I just want to make money. <laughs> then I didn't have like a dream like, oh, I wanted this, this pie in the sky thing. But everybody else actually had something. And I think for him, he had his thing and he actually was ranked or whatever he got championships or he's well known as a tap dancer and he's living his dream but i mean he's also like five more five years older than than mizuki at that time so it's pretty unfair i thought yeah i'm just reading some of the comments on reddit like mizuki is probably the most well-loved uh female member of, on the show yeah. she's like she's, she's <laughs> super sweet like are, are you a fan of mizuki as well or yeah, she's one of the ones I follow on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. <laughs> I think she's done well for herself. Like, um, she's super positive. And it's just like, with love, it's just, um, it's, yeah. So she, with Mako-chan, Mako-chan, it didn't go through. And then with Armand, who, who comes later, um, it, it didn't work out either. But I think... Yeah, with love, it's like you can't really predict it. It's like yeah, it's like chemistry. If you have the chemistry or not, um, and I think Armand later he says like he was trying to choose between. She, at the time, he's choosing between her and Arisa, who's the hat, the the hat maker who comes in later. And but he just went for the one he felt you know more strongly about. Um, my thing about this whole dream police, yeah, I thought it was like super arrogant of him. Like, what the fuck? Like, who who are you, right? Uh, who who are you, this tap dancing guy, trying to tell me what, you know. And I thought it was like, yeah, I've had like, oh, you know, it'd be cool to have like a yeah, coffee shop or like a bookstore. But um, why why does it have to be like a freaking, like a, yeah, like you said, PowerPoint or like a flow chart or some shit? Like, who cares, right? It seemed very imposing. And I think you bring up a good point, Nicole, is that, so here's my stereotype coming into the show about Japanese people. I felt that, you know, just from the very limited experience and the few trips, I did like some travel trips, is that they're very polite and they're, um, they're, 
not really that straightforward sometimes. They'll maybe, if they disagree with you on something, they'll say like, oh, well, maybe you can think about it this way. So these are my own preconceived notions. And one thing, the thing is that this is a reality show. So it's, we're only seeing a little bit of, their, of the reality, right? You know, like how real is it? We can get into that. But, and it's also like a very, you know, kind of high, kind of a high stress situation. They know the cameras are going. They know that what they're saying is going to be, you know, put on screen. So it may change the, the, the human dynamic. But one thing I didn't know from the series is I realized, wow, actually Japanese people, like anyone else, could be extremely direct and could be also very extremely imposing in some ways. And now that I think about it, I realize, huh, you know, you know, we think about indirectness or, you know, as like kind of more of an Asian thing per, per se. But not necessarily. I remember, like, my mom could be super direct with me and tell me how I'm supposed to be living my life. And I realized, oh, uh, like, any, like any culture, there's going to be people like that in any culture, I think. And, uh, but what I thought was very particular and in, in eye-opening for me in Tara's house was, like, seeing this, this kind of personality repeat. This, I guess it's a mix between I'm caring about you, but I think you should also live your life in this way, <laughs> you know? And you see this again, even with great guys like Hansan, you know, Hansan Yuta Handa, who comes in way later, Mr. Perfect, aka Mr. Perfect, he even tries to give some advice to to Arman, which he kind of retracts later on in the series. But I thought like, oh wow, even he's trying to give Arman like life advice or something. So I don't know, maybe part of it's like they're trying to think of things to talk about, but uh, Dan, is is that part of Japanese culture? I know your you your mom grew up in Japan. You have some experience of Japanese culture, but yeah. Well, I, I don't I don't know you know how they are about dreams and stuff like that. But I know that whatever you do, you have to be the best at it. Even if you're just a janitor, you have to be the best janitor possible. So that's the mindset that they have. All Japanese people have that mindset, or a lot of Japanese people have that mindset. Mm. So, um, but it, it just goes back. Um, culturally, they, they, that's just they they want to be the best at whatever they're doing, and I don't think they can understand or they to meet someone who just is half-assing it at all is kind of mind-boggling to them. Yeah, I, if you look at all the anime that you watch or like Naruto, it's it's not necessarily the most gifted person, but it's the person who's working at their craft and trying to be the best that they can be. Versus, regardless of whether you're talented or not. Uh, I think what... <sighs> like, Naruto is like that, and One Piece is all about heart. You know, you're going to be the best. You don't necessarily have to be the the uh, most gifted, naturally gifted, but you, you have to work at it no matter what. You can't give up. But one thing about these... I think we've talked about this before, but with all these animes, though, they're all, they all have, like, some special talent, though. They work really hard, but it's like when talent and hard work come together, that's when you have something exceptional. Like, so, right. Naruto, he has a nine tails in his body, you know? I'm mm-hmm. Nicole, I don't know if you, you watch anime at all or not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. Yeah, so, and you, or like Goku, he's, he's freaking, he's a super saiyan. He's basically like Superman. He comes from a different planet, but he works super hard, but he's, he's not human, you know? So. But there's Rock Lee from another show who's just all hard work. And that was his talent, right? Just hard work. Yeah, so that's that's why that character is very interesting. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, so, 
Moving on, speaking of like people half assing it, Mako chan. <laughs> <laughs> He was number one on every girl's list when he first came on. I mean, Nicole, what'd you think of him? Yeah, when like we were for like when all my roommates and I were like first introduced, we thought he was like he seemed like a great guy and he seemed very nice compared, especially to like Mr. Dream Police. Um, but yeah, things really went downhill for all perceptions of him with blazing around and doing nothing. So yeah, and also him sharing Uchi's feelings to. Like Yuriko saying, "Oh, I heard that he felt really tense when he was talking to you." I mean, like, as far as you know, bro code or whatever. That's like that's that's bad, you know, bad bro, man. Like, what you, what is he doing, right? Um, I'm I seem to be maybe a little bit more forgiving. I'm like maybe he's trying to comfort her, but like, I don't know. Like, okay, so like you know, Yamachan, one of the the uh, panelists, he's like he's either. Mako-chan is either an idiot or he's super manipulative. And I'm very curious to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Because I'm still not sure. I'm leaning towards maybe dumb. But, like, he can't Nicole? be that. Like, I think he's maybe a little manipulative. Yeah. Nicole? Did you think I mean, he was dumb or? I was leaning more towards, like, just kind of being, like, a young, dumb baseball playing idiot. Oh. When I first, like, was watching it. Because, um, like, I don't know. I feel like... From my like, I guess from like initially seeing things, like he never seemed like. Although I also want to like believe the best in people, so maybe that's also why I'm not seeing as much mm. of the manipulation part of it. But yeah. I mean, I feel like part of it's just him being like a young dumb guy because he was like 2021. 20, like I don't know, you still like growing up and like getting used to the world and knowing how to communicate with people. So that's kind of what I chalked it up too but mm. i haven't rewatched it so maybe my opinion would change but mm. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still on the fence on it because they, they didn't show you um what he said right they played like a message or something like that or it was like through a third party it wasn't like a direct thing that when he was doing that manip- manipulation if it was manipulation at all yeah so it's kind of hard to say i i don't know if it's a producer done thing um because we should really talk about whether it's really unscripted or not. Because I, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, coming into it, coming watching the show, I'm like, oh, I, Nicole, I don't know if you had the same feel. Like, I want to believe. I want to, you know, it's like, I want to believe. It, it helps helps with the enjoyment, right? But then, because I had no, I did hear a little bit about um, Hanakamura and her situation, which... It was said by her mom, Hanakamura's mom, uh, uh, Hanakamura from the 2019 to 2020 cast, that the producers had pushed her to act more violent on set or on you know at the house and in front of the camera. Now that was this is five years you know after this series, so I wonder how much the production changed and how how pushy the producers had come, come had become. Um, I know from watching the first season, uh, first season, which has eight, you know, has like, it's two years, you know, um, it does progressively, because in the beginning, there's no panelists. So you're just watching people's lives with no commentary. So it's very interesting. Um, there's only like in the beginning, you son, who talks about a little bit of what happened last week, but then they add the panelists in season three of, of the first, um, 
uh, the Terrace House. And then it does seem, uh, with the panelists, it does it does add a fun energy, but also I feel like the drama gets a little bit more. So I wonder if since then the the, the producers have more hands, you know. Uh, yeah. I well, mean, I guess, so, yeah. I guess technically it's unscripted, right? They, the producers don't hand the script over to the, the participants, but they, they direct, definitely direct the narrative. Because Minori's sister shows up way too often and almost <laughs> like, hey, something's not happening. We're just going to send this girl in. I don't see any of the other relatives show up quite as often as she does, right? Later on, you see the, the younger girl. I forget her name, but her mom comes up, you know, once or twice. But yeah, Minori's yeah, sister Chan, yeah. is there almost Rico like can. whenever something needs to happen, they send her in or they send in Senna. Senna's like, Senna, oh. oh. <laughs> She always has to make an appearance. Yeah. Santa makes an appearance. She's in it from the original uh, first season, and she plays a, Santa plays a similar role. And I'm like, huh, that seems kind of scripted, throwing in the sister a little bit as like the uh, the catalyst person, the person that right, yeah, every single time, right? So whether it's like getting the relationship going, you know, what's the holdup, and then she brokers like a truce or reconciles everything between like the meat incident that we should talk about the sister is always sent in right and even uchi wanted to talk to the sister or was willing to talk to the sister over everybody else yeah yeah which is strange um she just um, happens to show up when something is bad bad is happening or nothing is happening yeah, Nicole. Like, how how real do you think it is? Or do you even like when you first watch it? Do you even, does that become a prominent question in your mind, or you just watch it for fun and don't think too hard about that part? Yeah. I mean, I try to just watch it for fun, and especially going into it, I was like, yeah, this is unscripted and blah, blah, all that stuff. But I mean, like, it's also because like it's all happening real time. They're not in a bubble. They can also see episodes of themselves coming out and watch that, and yeah. like, see people commenting on that. And then they'll, like, adjust their behavior depending on how, like, audiences are reacting. Um, so they're definitely, I mean, everyone's definitely putting forward a certain persona and trying to, like, get as much reaction or followers or whatever as they are. Um, and then obviously the producers are adding in, like, subbing in certain people who they think will cause most drama, whether it's, like, to add a wrench into a relationship or, like, mm. try to, like, add some girl drama or whatever it is. Um, but I feel like... I'm hopeful that it's mostly <laughs> unscripted, but there's like definitely, I mean, whenever you're in any situation where, like whenever you have a camera on you, you're going to act differently than you are in any other yeah. situation. So, For sure, yeah. Yeah, in any way to like either get attention or to like wash out the worst parts of you, like you're going to act different. So it's never going to be truly like real life, but yeah, I'm hopeful that it's somewhat, <laughs> somewhat akin to real life, but... Yeah, I guess the thing is that they know their name. They're using their real name, so like, yeah. it's it's for, it's gonna follow them into real life. So, I guess they try to portray themselves as best as they can. And this this plays a big big issue later on. System error when Rico yeah. Pin and Hayato go go oh not gosh. go out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think as far as filming wise, so maybe Nicole and I can talk about this. Um, if they have a wide shot, right? So for a wide shot, it's like from far away. You can see like the most of the people in the screen. If you have that and they're shooting that and then they move into a close-up or a medium shot, 
I think, for instance, like if someone has something, a message on their phone, and they have like the establishing wide shot, and then they go to a message or something, you you have to sh- you have to do another take. You have to like, hey, can I film you on your phone? You have to stop the action and say, okay, now that you finished talking, uh, I'm gonna film like pretend like you're looking at your phone. That's I think we all kind of can guess that's 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 already kind of disrupting reality already. And also, um, there's some other things as well. Like, why are they all sitting at the table? You know, like, oh, oh, I guess everyone at 8 a.m. just likes to come to the table and just sit down. So my understanding from a cast member from Aloha State, who shall not be named, I guess. I don't know, because she might have like, an NDA issue. But on like a, some sort of Reddit leak I read is that basically there's set times or set days that the film crew comes and they have to, you know, they let the cast members know in advance and if they want to be there, you know, and I mean, most of them probably are want to be on the show and visible, you know, for certain, for their, you know, if they're actors, models, uh, or whatnot. And, um, and I'm sure there's also some sort of fixer who's like basically communicating with all of them to figure out their schedules, you know, so, I mean, uh, so that part, you know, it's not scripted, but it seems like a, like a lot of logistics have to be made in order to film this show. And with that, there has to be set times, crew members, and yeah, stuff like that, which is going to affect the action. Yeah, yeah like there's definitely a lot of stuff that like happens off screen that isn't recorded that's like then talked about at the table and rehashed. Um, right. So like, and like people can like choose to be like, I'm going to go out and see this person, but like the camera crew can't follow me. Like so there's also... Yeah different ways of being able to control in that way what the camera sees so yeah yeah and i I know that uh what 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 other another thing i was said about in that leak was like oh the producers are gonna have you sit uh and then they're gonna ask you hey why don't you talk about your relationship with this person like to start the conversation and then it's not scripted then they'll just let them talk and film that you know and then everybody else leaves (laughs) (laughs) there like the two people who have to have a conversation sits there and then everybody else just like takes a cue and just like takes off i don't have to get like an off-screen cue from a producer and it's like hey you guys gotta go or maybe what? oh that's a good point maybe they have someone like an assistant director going like yeah, yeah. sometimes <laughs> some cast members are obviously not getting the hint and another cast member has to come up and be like no we have to leave now so yeah <laughs> so uh, a good example of that is um the Omu Rice incident, um, the Coward Rice, which is, uh, yeah, this is just before the meat incident. There was a Coward Rice incident where, like, Uchi was not really, I guess, manning up or whatever, not, like, uh, not kissing Minori, who he's already expressed his feelings for. And she wrote the word uh, coward on Rice, which I thought was really creative. Uh, ikujinashi, ikujinashi on the Rice using hiragana. And then he comes into the room, and then the girls are like, "What the hell?" And then they they bounce. They they like, uh, "I'm gonna leave." Yeah, and uh, I thought that was super forced. He could have been so much more smoother with that. I mean, <laughs> like I thought that was like, dude, do you really have to like come in, barge in, and say, "Hey, I want you to stand here, close your eyes." That's like, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? That was. It's just- awkward super awkward yeah nicole 
I don't mean, know. It was one of the incidents that me and my roommates loved and we'll still talk about to this oh, day. We thought okay. it was so great. So it's, it's, it's as Does a drama, that, it's pretty ama- funny. Yeah. Wait, Does that mean, um, as you and your roommates talked about it, it's like, oh, I wish a guy would just do that. You know, just be very straightforward and very direct and make their intentions known and then go. I don't know so much of that is just like we liked seeing her like finally like kind of stand up stand up for herself and finally like, kind of say something because she'd been kind of like passive otherwise um so i think it was more of just kind of that and just like the inherent drama to it that we as americans latch on to but yeah yeah <laughs> so out of the first three three guys and three girls which ones did you guys thought were like cool and which ones did you guys like thought oh they should they need to go uh, okay, let's do a ranking. Yay! Um, uh, so, so I rank. Uh, so, so out of there's there's three ranks: one being top, two being middle, three being bottom. Makoto, Yuki, and Uchihara. How would you rank them? Nicole, you can start. Uh, Yuki bottom, for I think obvious reasons. But yeah. Dream Police, yeah. Dream Police, yeah. Um. Uchi, also probably bottom. I don't know. From the start, they were like the commentators would talk a lot about how like handsome or cute or how they were like really into him. I never got the appeal. Interesting. So, yeah, me either. His high voice too. Down. Yeah. <laughs> also, when he like asked all of the girls out and like, oh, Uchi yeah, week. That was weird. That was weird. And like when he told Minori that she was like a sisterhood, in, like he said what? that at some point, and then later was like, I have feelings for you. That was weird too. So yeah, he's weird. Um, and then, oh gosh, Makoto, he's a he's a strange one. I guess so somewhere between like, like middle, I guess, because he was good in the first half, and then <sighs> in the second half he. Like a... Yeah, I, I he's not very active on Instagram. I follow him too, and I, I heard there's a rumor that he he went into like like a seedier, like he went to like some other industry. But anyways, yeah. So Dan, sorry, go ahead. So it sounds like the first three guys were just kind of middling, right? Like there's nothing really appealing about all three in the end. You know, at at the end of their time at Terrace House, you're like, yeah, it's about time they go. Yeah, I wasn't kind of sad thing. to see any of them go. Hmm. <laughs> I was kind of sad. So for the girls, um, we can talk about the girls too. Uh, there's Mizuki, yeah. uh, Yuriko, and uh, Minori. Um, I would say, if we're thinking about like just positive people, nice people, I think Mizuki and Yuriko are pretty at the top. The way that Yuriko kind of like got got to 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 go to Blue Note. And kind of led Tap or, or Yuki on. I don't know. It, it seemed kind, well, of, kind of messed up. a little messed <laughs> up. But at the same time, I think she seemed very pure, very honest about like she wanted to go to Blue Note, but she never committed and said, "Hey, I really like you, Tap." Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that whole thing. Um, Mizuki super positive. Uh, very. I like how she confronted Makoto like with a towel, like boom. Yo, why are you why are you talking about Yuriko t- telling her that she's making Uchi like feeling nervous or feeling uh, tense, and then Minori? I'm like, eh, she's okay. She's I think. like background noise almost. 
I mean, there's a famous quote like, "I could, I could do my whole life doing nothing. I could live my rest of my life." <laughs> and like, she's she's just very chill. I'm I'm kind of neutral about her. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, it's funny with the dream place is like, why wasn't she like talked about? Because she's kind of like probably kind of doing this. Well, right? Uch, like Uch. So again, this goes back to that theme of like, um, like Japanese people. Maybe I don't know if it's Japanese people or the show being very goal oriented. So Uchi was giving her flack, like, "Hey, how come you're not really working towards being a model?" And she's yeah. like, "Well, you know, you probably don't see the work I'm doing." So um, let's let's fast forward to um, uh, <laughs> the 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 meat incident, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, so okay. Who is in the house at that time? Because by that time, Mako John's gone. So okay, so. So Mako Chan is the first to leave, yeah, and then Armand comes in, and then after that, um, Eureka is gone. Eureka leaves because she's want she she broke up her boyfriend broke up with her and she leaves um, to focus on her studies. And then Mizuki leaves soon after, I think. Mizuki and Yuki because like Armand's not returning her feelings to Mizuki. Yeah. Um, uh, because so so then so basically they're replaced by. Uh, 18-year-old Haruki, he's half half Italian, half Japanese, uh, and then uh, there is uh, Risa who replaces Eureka, uh, Eureka. She's the hat maker, and Armand replaces Mako-chan. He's the first, uh, the first new member, I guess. Yeah. And so, Armand stays the longest. Armand yeah, stays yeah. nine months or <laughs> ten months. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like the you'll see in the in the first season. Um, He's kind of like one of the other characters there. Like he stays like pretty much almost the whole time. The whole time, yeah. Um, so the meat incident. Let me set this up. I guess is is so. The, the first we see this really A five grade meat uh, that's in the fridge. Not Natsumi or Nachan. She's like, oh wow, this looks like really expensive meat. And Minoru's like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Uchi brought it. And she's like, "Oh, cool!" And she, not not think anything of it, and then puts it back in the fridge. Um, Armand Haru, Haruki Armand is a half, he's a aspiring half firefighter, twenty four. He's um, half Japanese, half, half Japanese, Iranian. half Iranian. He's also a kickboxer. Uh, you know, tough looking. Haruki is like a Haruki. Uh, Haruki, what's his name? Oh, Hikaru. Hikaru. Yeah, Hikaru. Yeah. Is 18 years old. He's a model, also part-time construction worker. I got some issues with that guy, but anyways. Um, uh, so the three of them, Minori, Arman, and Hikaru, they, there's no food. So they're like, hey, what about this steak here? And Minori's like, oh, yeah, let's cook it. It's Uchi's, but yeah, you know, it's fine. And, and Nachan, Natsumi's like, huh. She's like watching. She's like, oh, okay, but she doesn't say anything like, she doesn't eat any of the meat, uh, which I thought was very interesting. But like, yeah, she doesn't have any of the meat. And then Uchi comes back and it's like, oh shoot, the meat's gone. And then Minoru's like, uh, yeah, is something wrong, Uchi? He's like, well, I'm really upset that you guys ate the meat. But like, it doesn't. You don't see how upset he is until, until like maybe the next episode. But he's like super upset. And the commentators are like, whoa. He's like, because basically she asks, and he's like, "Fine, whatever." And he walks away, you know, like, 
she's like, oh, are you? I'm, I'm, I ate the meat. I, the three of us ate the meat. He's like, now I'm pretty upset about that. And she's like, I'm sorry. He's like, fine, whatever. He bounces. And the commentator's like, whoa, he's overreacting. Now, for, for me, when I saw that, I was like, oh, no. He's reacting exactly how he should react. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, supposedly, I don't know, Dan, if because if, I know you work in food uh, before, but, like, that's, like, a really high-grade that's like a hundred dollars. That's over like a hundred dollars worth of meat. I think I'm trying to well, look it up. I mean, I've had Kobe beef before. Yeah, I, he had wagyu, and then like I went to Kobe and actually had Kobe beef, and a cheap one was like a hundred and twenty dollars for like a small little fillet. I mean, it was oh. delicious, but I was like, holy smokes, a hundred and twenty dollars, and they had like higher quality ones, and this one was like, um, the wagyu one was supposed to be really really good because. Uh, the guy who gave it to him was a customer who specializes in meat, right? So I'm sure it was like $150 or at least $100 per steak that they just ate per person. So I I am personally pissed for Uchi. But we find out later in the series like actually that wasn't just that was just the tip of the iceberg him and Minori had not been communicating and he like there's you get this beautiful scene of him fucking crying his face in the pillow <laughs> and like he's covering his face and he's like <laughs> and, and I think it's a no it's very um, it's beautiful it's like one of the few times I actually like Uchi you know I thought, I thought he was kind of a player but he's actually showing vulnerability and like he's holding Minori's hand and they kind of make up and their, their relationship is much more lovey-dovey after that and that's when they leave the house right after the meet, they make up and I think, in some ways, it was it's a it was such a. First of all, I'm I'm super freaking angry they ate that without texting him or calling him. So I think those the commentators are wrong, and maybe it's the American in me because I looked at some other Americans' comments on it and they, everyone was agreeing like, dude, why did they eat that beef without saying anything? You know, because I think in America we don't have that. We're not that. I mean, we we're all of we all have some Asian descent. I know, but like. We still understand the idea of like boundaries in the fridge and stuff like that, like property. Like whereas I think in Asian culture, like oh, it's in the fridge, like, let's all eat. Like maybe that's more of that. Maybe that's what I'm missing. But still, like yeah, that's messed up. They didn't, uh, they didn't ask him. And then two, I think it was yeah, the tip of the iceberg, and that for him and Minori to like work out their relationship issues because basically it was a show of not respecting him. And I think respect is a big thing in, in in relationships. I know from my past relationships, if I ever felt disrespected and I held it in, it would I would it would blow up into something like I not probably not as bad as Uchi, but like we we get into like a big argument or something. So in this case, it blew up into like a big cry and a makeup. So I don't know what what are your guys thought. Those are my thoughts on the meat incident. Yeah. I mean, Nicole. I'm just looking at the cast members. I, I don't remember not to me what she looks like. Yeah, so, I mean, I think for me, the meat incident, like, his first reaction, like, I totally understood. Like, I would get upset if someone ate something I bought that was, like, worth, like, five bucks. I would get upset if someone, like, went in and ate it without asking me. Um, so I totally understood that. I also, at the time of watching, I didn't realize how expensive it was, so I didn't get the crying thing. My roommates and I were mocking him for that. But oh, You guys are evil! <laughs> I didn't get the crying thing, but then also, in general, I don't get crying that much. But um, so, I think, <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely like, I guess, was a little hard on him for that like crying moment because I didn't realize exactly how much that was. But um, 
I actually did appreciate how it like kind of strengthened his and Minori's relationship because before that I like didn't see the chemistry at all or like uh. them to be together it never it felt kind of fake and like put together like they felt compelled to do that so after that I appreciated seeing like more of an actual kind of like authentic connection but other than that yeah no I was I was coming down on Uchi but uh. Uh, spoiler um they're not together anymore yeah, yeah Minori married someone else um, Uchi I think is still single maybe but anyways yeah Dan um I am of the opinion that it was kind of messed up that they ate it I mean in Japan you actually know how much that, that beef is cost how much it costs beef is not as common in Japan pork is more common because I mean if you think about it there's not it's not Texas. There's not a ton of land. Most of the beef comes from Australia. So any beef that's actually Japanese is a lot more expensive. Mm. And it was just kind of messed up, I thought. I, I thought the crying was a little bit overboard. <laughs> I think he should have just, like, on railed him. I mean, he, he did yell at him in a way, but it, it's just kind of inconsiderate of Minori. Minori was like, at that time, she wasn't doing jack shit. She was just hanging around the house, not doing anything. Well, Dan, you didn't see. She was cleaning. She was. She, she told him. She's like, "Hey, Uchi, you don't see it, but like, I'm cleaning the Japanese room. I'm, you know, I make dinner for you. Um, so those are the things that the camera crew didn't really film. But she's doing some stuff to make the relationship work, I think. But yeah, as far as her career, I don't think she was doing too much. But yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just for context uh if i remember nicole both of your parents are american yeah okay and your mo- your mom is asian american yeah she's chinese her great her parents uh, were from china so they moved ah uh, like from toysan area or yeah from toysan ah the yeah. early the early yeah yeah a lot a lot i think a lot All of the early... gangsters <laughs> the toysan people are the gangsters is that is that <laughs> you, nicole i mean i, I didn't say that I heard of, although my mom did does like to say she grew up in the ghetto. So I mean, <laughs> well, it's because they they were around the longest. So a lot of the um the triads uh, came over, and then I think the Toysan people were the first ones that immigrated, and a lot of them are are the ones who started. I only say this because uh, one of my college buddies, he's Toysan, he was like very proud of the fact that they were all gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, not a bad thing, I guess. I mean, you're you're protecting your own. Right, and it's interesting. Um, in Japan, I guess all gangsters are supposed to wear they they all have uh, tattoos, but then I think recent just recently there's a law saying like oh actually tattoos are because I think it's on paper it's illegal to have tattoos I think in Japan really? yeah uh, really? or like no not illegal but like oh I remember you have to have a medical license to do tattoo art. Like you oh, actually, okay. you have to have a medical but, license, yeah. But as the person who wears it or has it, I mean, there's like no, there, there, the only restrictions you do have is you can't go to hot springs. That's messed up, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it, it associates to be like you're in you're in the yakuza. Right, and I thought the commentators were very interesting by calling Armand out, but like, oh, he's got tattoos. I was like, who cares? Yeah, I was like, that's super normal. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Super normal in America, right? But yeah. in Japan, um. All the Yakuza always had tattoos, and all the um, people who were delinquents had tattoos. So it's like a holdover from those days. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so uh, Uchi and Minori left without some. Uh, there was some like uh, some conflict between her and Minor Natsu um, Minori and Natsumi Nachan. They're like, like basically they're like, huh, hey, eh? what? Like there's like uh, their miscommunication there. I'll get back to Nachan because it comes again with Misaki. Misaki is uh, what is Misaki? Misaki, she's 23 at this when she comes to the show. Misaki Tamori, she's also an entertainer. And then uh, Yuto Honda, Mr. Perfect, comes in as well. So I, I, I know we're, we're already coming close to an hour now, but I, I want to talk about Hanchan, Mr. Perfect. Question: yes. I, The question I put um, on this list I have here is, is he perfect? Uh, Nicole. <laughs> um, I mean, he definitely seemed like in that bunch to be the most like mature and wise and like nice person there. Um, although I wasn't a fan, fan of the smoking, but that's also yeah, a big, big American predilections. Like yeah, that's not yeah. a perfect thing. Um, but yeah, no, the commentators were like obsessed with him, which I didn't yeah. quite understand the obsession. Um, but I was like, I like admired him as like a friend, but I also didn't completely understand why he was there. Um, yeah, he has a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really get that, but he was like a nice addition, but like, wasn't that sad to see him go or anything like that. So. Dan? Uh, I didn't understand his appeal either, but when my wife saw him, I was like, oh, she's like, that's the best looking guy on the show. I was like, really? I thought he <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> I thought he thought it was actually pretty good looking, but then if you see another picture of him where he changes his hairstyle, he's actually a pretty good looking guy. He slouches, but he's a good looking guy. But I mean, he was able to do a lot of things, and he was kind of like um, he was a better version of Yuki Hot Yuki, Mr. Dream Police, because he was establishing his, his career, his field, and he's still trying to pursue to be better. But he wasn't like forcing his opinions on you, mm, and people would go point. to him for, for like advice and stuff, and he was he was like more willing to give it. But his there was like some advice that he gave to Natsumi that I thought was kind of weird. It just didn't sync well. It was like he was like just trying to make sure that everything was well, uh, well intentioned. But then later on, it seemed like he flipped on that. I don't remember the full. Yeah. Incident, but... So there's two things. One thing is okay when Minori before she left, she had some issues with uh, Nacha Natsumi, who's a model as well, and that basically. It, whenever so Natsumi was like oh you have a really weird relationship with Uchi to Minori and she Minori was like yo girl like I don't like that you know yeah you, yeah you're being super judge, judgmental whereas the, the even the commentators were like well she's just trying to be friendly in a very maybe straightforward way but then we see later on with Misaki this come this, this happens again so it may be in this uh, so basically uh, uh, Hansan Yuto Honda uh, he says to Natsumi, hey, like, when you speak to people, you should actually think about how they feel. You shouldn't just blurt out whatever's on your mind and, like, consider other people. And I think this is a big thing, not just in Japanese culture, but um, I think in Asian culture as well, especially with, like, the face masks, you know, like, we're, we're always considering what other, how we might affect others. So the whole face mask thing is like in, Amer in in Asian culture, wearing a face mask within the, the past 50 years has been fairly normal whenever you're feeling sick because you don't want to spread that disease as a public health issue, you know? So, um, uh, and I think this whole like, yeah, Hansan, he kind of, is he Mr. Perfect? I mean, I think he's probably, 
he gives some of the most sound advice, but what I found very interesting is when he told Armand, hey, you know what, I, whatever you do, Armand, you should be working towards your goal as being a firefighter. And then he flip-flops, because then towards the end, after spending months with Armand hanging out, at the end, before he leaves, he says, Armand, actually, you just stay the way you are, and, and that's just be happy. Because I think Armand says something about how all he really wants in life is just to, you know, come home from work, uh, you know, see meet his his wife and kids, and go you know and go surfing in the morning. Dan, yeah. am, I, am I saying that yeah, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And Cole, I mean, what did you did you find Armand appealing to Cole when you first saw him? Initially, yeah, all my roommates and I were like into him and liked him. Um, thought he stuck stuck around for a really long time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and another cultural thing that he was doing that was not uh, in syncopation with like Japanese culture, like kind of just being very ambivalent about life, which was fine, but don't think he yeah. needed that on Terrace House. Uh, <laughs> although he managed to, to clutch a girlfriend in the very last bit. So in the last bit, yeah. <laughs> that felt really rushed, but. Um, a little bit, but I think they stayed the longest out of all the ones that yeah, formed like, on this show. Yeah. Yeah. A while and they did like long distance too so that Oof. was like pretty impressive how long pretty impressive out. but yeah. Uh, yeah definitely initially liked him and i'm always there for my my hapa people so like <laughs> <laughs> um i definitely... thought hikaru looked better i thought hikaru was I mean, a better looking guy dude hikaru looked better but dude his personality is pretty bad man like yeah. the way he treated masaki I think okay. Here's here's what I think. I think Hikaru Hikaru. I like like. I want to keep. I I want to keep the positive of people in in the front of my mind. I think Hikaru. He's just eighteen. He doesn't know how to like yeah. be mature about expressing, you know, his boundaries and his distaste. Like when they're making fun of him about his driving, he comes off super angry. Like no, yeah. my driving's great. And like everyone's telling him, he sounds angry. And he's like, I'm not angry. <laughs> But I mean, that might just be who he is, right? You know, everyone has like a resting bitch face, and that might be him. You know, that might be the way he speaks. I I don't know. Uh, I know like, I'm not gonna give him the pass because like the way the he talked to Misaki is, is like super rude. It is, but you don't know what happened in between because everything com- in the compressed timeline, right? I thought was what was interesting was when he said like, you know what, I'm done. He didn't even stay that long. And when he says I'm done, I'm leaving. Armand surprised me and was like, I can't believe you're leaving. Yeah. We were, we were going to do so many things together. Mm. We were going to like hang out and do blah, blah, blah. I was like, the nicest guy on Terrace House, um, the guy who stayed the longest and everything like that, but the nicest guy, he looked at Hikaru as like a, a true brother. He was like really sad. And I was like, oh, yeah. something else happened, right? Things that we don't get to see. So Hikaru might have mistreated um. Misaki terribly on camera, but we don't know what led up to that, right? He might have realized that Misaki didn't really have goals, or you know, or it doesn't like join the theme part, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it, it could have been, we don't know, right? There's something the way it was presented on camera. Yeah, definitely, he didn't come off really well. But there's something else that I, I think we're missing because I was really surprised. I mean, Nicole, were you surprised? I mean, you're nodding your head. You're like, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I was like, oh, this guy is like, he's my brother. 
Yeah, I was like pretty surprised. I was like, we didn't see like really anything that much of their relationship, like yeah. Armand and Hikaru. So like seeing that whole like tearful goodbye, I was like, there's this whole other like chapter we weren't seeing. Cause like, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Hikaru either. Like he seemed kind of like douchey yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like, yeah, definitely seeing Armand getting so emotional about it. It was like, it's definitely a whole other side of things that we weren't privy to, so. Mm. But I will say that Armand usually likes to hang out with like kind of a jerk kind of guy. Cause I only say that based on who he's hanging out with in Hawaii. He's hanging out with Eric <laughs> from Aloha State. And I was like, that guy's kind of oh, yeah, a jerk. That guy, that guy's a douche. Right? <laughs> yeah, but they're like best friends. They, they do a podcast together. You know, they, they do other things. They, I don't wait, know. Wait, Nicole. So, so Hakaru gets the pass, but Eric does not get the pass. He's, he's, he's a douche. Okay. Well, we didn't see a camera. <laughs> we didn't see Armand crying about him. So. <laughs> um, Maybe if in the later season he does that, then. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got, we've got a few more minutes. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really liked that little bit about, our, you know, Hassan, t- uh, uh, Hansan telling Armand, like, hey, you just be you. And it's interesting, yeah, because it made me think about one thing that really touched me about this series was like me, me thinking about my own goals and, and like what does make me happy. I think the pandemic, I think we've all been kind of like in this existential crisis of like, shoo, like, uh, and we're having all this time at home and thinking to ourselves, like, what does make us happy? And I think our Hansan saying that made me like you know for a while I personally was I thought Armand was kind of just taking up space you know but him saying that made me kind of realize oh Armand in a way is a counterpoint to this hyper goal focused Japanese culture Hansan even says that like hey Armand brings something that maybe we're missing in Japan this kind of this this Hawaii sort of like hey just chill just chill bruh you know I don't know um and dude, when he leaves, holy shit. Like, when he starts crying, Hansan crying, like, I don't know how you guys felt. I, I was like, I, I, I almost cried, but I, 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 I was just like, wow. And I just, I, I, I thought, this is when, I think this is when the series became, like, one of my favorite series. Because I just saw how real, even though there's cameras on him, he knows cam, but like his reaction was just so beautiful when he receives like the, uh, the pictures from Misaki and he starts crying, like, I will treasure this. I, I don't know. What'd you guys think of him leaving? I know Nicole, you said you're like, eh, bye Hansan, you know? <laughs> I mean, I feel like, so there's like a lot of crying when people leave, but, um, I do like appreciate the show, like showing like men being a lot more emotional and like uh... open about it. Although like, I don't, completely understand why they're always crying like i didn't cry my roommates left and they're like friends of mine but um well you'll see them again i guess yeah yeah yeah. i could see them again but um yeah so i mean that like particular moment didn't like stand out to me i think probably because i'd seen like armand crying about like eating earlier and i just at that point was kind of used to it so (laughs) yeah it didn't really make any emotional impression on me but wow okay Nicole's got a cold heart. Okay, I get. I see. I see. <laughs> Dan, or well, you're whatever. Growing up, uh, I always thought the the Japanese stereotype was they they're very stoic. They didn't show any emotion, and then that's probably true, right? You, you're not supposed to show when you're like in pain or whatever like that to the outward face. 
But I think they bottle it up so much that when something they reach a certain breaking point, like with Uchi, it just like all comes out. Mm. So they might not show it on a regular break basis, on a frequent basis, like their 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 feelings. But once it happens, it happens. But um, I can I say know. that yeah, I say I can say that's true. Like you know, I mean, sorry, dad, but like yeah, my yeah. I, my dad, my I've seen my dad like bottle stuff and then like all of a sudden it comes out like either through like you know anger or, or like tears yeah 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 so um, I, I i was sad when you told honda left at the end i mean i didn't get that the first you know i didn't know why the commentators loved him so much but at the end i was like yeah that guy was really solid and then the way he finally learned that oh maybe armand is living the best life like he is the buddha right he's basically he doesn't <laughs> want more you know, he doesn't want, like, he, there's no greed. There's no, like, anger or envy or something like that. He just wants to live, like, just enough to be in balance with life. He doesn't want more than what's available, and he doesn't want less. You know, it's just like, I just want to have a family and surf and just, you know, work his work. I just need to survive. It, would you say, Dan, that his life view is the closest to yours? Um... I wish that were true, but I still want things. I want transform. <laughs> I want like toys or whatever. I want the Lakers to win. So <laughs> I, I can't say that if if I it would be ideal if I could be like Armand and, and just not care. I was like, as long as I can go surfing, you know, come back, my family's nice and healthy. I'm not like starving. I'm not homeless. Then that would probably be ideal. Maybe maybe I'm working more towards that. When you're in your 20s, you're like, oh, I gotta get. I have to make it big and everything like that. But when you're like in your 40s, I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't know if I'm going to be Ray Kroc opening a McDonald's at age 60 and making a franchise. Uh, or like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Colonel Sanders, right? Yeah. Colonel yeah. Sanders. Anybody who's like past 40, whatever. And then you're like, oh, there's still a lot of things I want to do. Now I'm like, oh, I got to make sure my kids are okay. Nicole, as the sole. 20 something on this podcast uh, did you share a lot what, who do you think well should, should we finish the series and then we can circle back to this or um, oh no we can do both we can do both so yeah so Nicole uh, how about yourself was there anyone that you felt like oh your life view as, as the 20 something on this podcast that you felt like oh I want to strive like that or I, I want to create some you know be you know get some you know my own exhibitions, such and such, yeah. Make my own movie, write my own script, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anyone throughout the season that I felt like their worldview or their, like, how they're going about living their life necessarily gelled as much. Like, there are definitely, like, aspects of certain people where, like, I could relate in that moment. Um, but I also think I was also kind of in a different place then than I am now Mm. um being like back then when I was watching it I was like in my second year of college like still kind of figuring out like I had no idea how the industry even worked and that kind of stuff and how to move forward and things um now I think I mean I guess like in the mind of like oh gosh Mr. Tapdian sorry I forgot his name (laughs) but yeah Yuki Adachi yeah I really so far as like having a dream and like reaching for it and wanting to be like the best at that like being a screenwriter is like my thing and I want to be successful and like do that but I don't think that I would attack someone else for uh, not like necessarily 
being that way, like having that same dream that they're working hard towards. Be clear, like, not be clear like, enough. <laughs> be clear. I, I you you say all these words, but I'm not understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like sometimes I definitely wish I could be like Armand and I could just like work some part-time jobs and then just like travel the world on that money and just be chill and not be like satisfied with that kind of thing. But ultimately, I definitely like kind of like Yuki like have this dream that I want to reach and like be as like the best I can and be successful in my field and like acknowledged for that. Um, but well, hopefully in a more polite way than he was expressing himself. So, well, well you can be like Mr. Perfect in that way, <laughs> you know, reaching for your goals yeah. and not forcing it on. There other we go. People. Yeah, I'll be Miss Perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Um, you, it seems like you're the most um, uh, critical of, of Mr. Tap or Yuki, but, but in some ways you share some commonalities, huh? Like, as far as like, you want to be like the best in your field or 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 up there yeah yeah that's yeah that's good. I, I think yeah that's good and i think having a goal or having something i think so far maybe i might have been sounding like oh their people are too hyper focused or maybe but i i do think having uh, from this uh, on this show but i think uh having a goal is a beautiful thing and, and watching this show just made me really rethink what my goals were too even though I'm, I'm, you know, way older than and most of these people, except for Hayato, who we'll get to. But <laughs> I mean, I'm only a few years older. But like, anyways, um, yeah. So I think it is having a this this idea of basically not feeling lost, you know. And with the great thing about Armand is that he didn't have some super solid goal, but he did not feel lost to me. Yeah. So let's move on. I know we're we're kind of running over, but. Um, Two more things I kind of want to get to uh, was the 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 there's three couples that end the series. We have Misaki and Yuki. Uh, kind of barely talked about, <laughs> and Yuki kind of a relationship of our. Oh yeah, and we we skipped over Momoka, the ballerina. Good for her, you know she stayed for like a month and she achieved her goal. Good for her, super. You know she yeah. She reached her dream. She, she reached her dream. dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Misaki and Yuki Burns. What do you guys think about that relationship? Nicole, why don't you start? Yeah. Um, like when I was looking through the outline, like I didn't even really remember them to be honest. So wow, that's the kind of impression they left. Um, although, like looking back on it, I do remember I really liked Yuki when he came on. Although that might also once again be my Hapa bias. Your so, Hapa bias. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I, like they they just did not leave an impression on me Ouch. at all. Like especially Mizaki. Like I don't remember what she did or like she anything about her. Dancer. <laughs> she's like this. Uh, in the intro, she's like doing this dancing thing with her fingers. With her fingers, yeah, yeah, yeah. The spirit fingers. Um. Yeah. So I think like kind of along with how, like. Armand and um, Martha's like relationship ended up being like in the show itself it didn't make much of an impression on me on like how things would end up going later on like I don't yeah, I don't know I don't have much to say about that yeah and then yeah. what about Rico and Hayato yeah oh what God. about Rico and Hayato mess. what <laughs> that's a hot mess so. that's a hot mess yeah yeah so are you, yeah. yeah 
So, I mean, I never liked him from the start. I didn't, like, he just seemed really douchey to me. Um, and, like, their age difference creeps me out. But, um... Yeah, so Rico's, what, 18 and he's 29? He's like yeah. yeah. A big 10-year difference. Which, like, if that was later on in life, that's fine. But, like, in that moment, they're in very different places of their yeah, life. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, like, when there was that whole, like, revelation, they'd been, like, going around, speaking behind camera or whatever, like, meeting up. That definitely, like, kind of shattered my image of her. Um, so it seemed kind of impatterned with him. So, <laughs> um, I definitely think it, that was, like, it's, like, probably the clearest example of, like, how you kind of portray yourself on camera when you know you're being filmed and yeah like for like a lot of these people they are trying to like further their careers in some ways like there's lots of actors and actresses and models and artists who have a brand to promote um so i definitely understood like why she had been trying to hide it initially but obviously things did not work out in that way after um and i don't know did, did they how long did that end up lasting do you know because like i did not I tried I to keep it, away from that toxicity. So I, yeah, it probably ended soon after because in Japan and, and Asia, the female um, idols are supposed to portray themselves as like singles, so the guys would actually want to be with them. And then on the flip side, the guys are the same way, right? They're not supposed to have open relationships when they're younger, and then girls will always like aspire, like, oh, maybe he'll pick me, kind of thing. So they try to keep all their personal lives on the down low. Yeah. So basically, they. There was the whole Rico special where he made like this special dessert for her. Um, so, so what happened is that Hayata for a few episodes were telling Yuki and Arman like, oh yeah, I'm not really that into her. I don't really see her that way. And Yuki's like, yo bro, <laughs> you and her were just kissing. You guys yeah. were kissing in front of the elevator. Like I saw you and then Arman's like, yeah, yeah, I saw Rico in your bed before. And then like Rico just starts crying. And, yes. then, and Hayato's like a little, you know, little bitch. He's like just like drinking water. And not mm-hmm. saying anything. Not saying yeah. anything. And then and the Misaki calls him out like, yo, Rico's been talking this whole time saying like, you know, she's trying to protect her career. And she this feels like work when there's a camera's on. Like, you're not saying anything. He's like, yeah, um, I was thinking about Rico. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the thing is, yeah, he kind of passes the buck. But then again, Armand went to his wedding, Hayato's wedding, later on after the series ended. So maybe he's a good guy. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe Armand just likes douchey guys. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I said. Right? There's something about the people he hangs out with. The thing is... How like, he be the best person. <laughs> yeah... Because, I mean, anyways, Hayato, he did he did cook a lot for the group. So, I mean, <laughs> um, that, no, I think, Nicole, you bring up a good point. It's, it was like, they called it system error. It's like, basically, this had never happened on Terrace House before, where, like, they were living a completely different intimate life than to what they were portraying on screen. And, yeah, I think, for me, it was super interesting, you know, that part and also the aspect that, they would be watching themselves. They would watch the other previous episodes from their life that had happened two weeks ago, and they would and there would be revelations there. And I just think that's one thing I really like about Terrace House is kind of like seeing the social experiment of reality TV. How do humans 
react or portray themselves in this kind of very artificial environment. And they react in very, you know, human ways, like Rico putting on this facade of purity, like Dan mentioned. So I thought it was super interesting, this idea of, like, reality versus fiction and holding up a facade. And I think in some ways, I mean, I, I think we, we're all guilty of this, even in our public life. Even, you know, when, even when Nicole and I were at that office, you know, we're like, there's a specific way we act in front of our business co- you know, colleagues and associates. And, but this is taken to the extreme where there's thousands, millions of people watching you. Um, it's a lot of pressure, you know. Um, Dan, any thoughts on that, uh, those relationships? Or, uh... No, but um, so Nicole, out of the whole series or all the cast members, did you like one guy, one girl? Which ones did you like the best? And which couple do you think was like the best fit? Uh, I probably liked Mizuki the most overall of everybody, um, <laughs> just like overall throughout the seasons, because I felt like, I don't know, I can't think of like a negative moment she had where she showed herself in a bad light. Like she had her moments of like badassery and she like stood up for herself and she was great. And oh man, she cut her hair. Her. <laughs> she cut her hair after like Armand, or she oh, cut yeah. her hair before Armand dumped her. And then like, what what did um, you say? She's like, oh, the feelings linger in your hair. Yeah, so she... <laughs> Nicole, is that true or? <laughs> um, I have not experienced that, but I mean, it's definitely true that lots of people tend to girls look at haircuts or dye their hair after a breakup. But uh... so, like, nice to see that that's an international thing. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's probably my favorite girl. Armand's probably my favorite guy throughout it all. He's like another one I follow on Instagram because he seemed like the most chill and just kind of non-problematic of all the other guys and kind of left maybe because he was there so long he made like the biggest impression um because <laughs> there are plenty of other guys who were like fine but kind of faded from memory but it's probably my two favorite and then favorite couple i don't know if i was really rooting for any of the couples that ended up going on in there i guess for Yudo and his off-screen girlfriend was probably my favorite <laughs> relationship. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, all the other ones were either like, I was not seeing the chemistry or just felt like last minute impression, like that last bit where they're hurting the couple up. Oh, um, like uh, Masako and uh, Martha and Armand maybe? or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I was happy for him, but felt rushed. Um, so yeah. she wasn't really that into it, huh? Like uh, starting yeah, she out. Didn't, seem like it. it seemed like for a nice like ending okay we'll like start going out but it worked out for a little while so you know yeah. um but yeah i don't think there was any couple not like in later seasons where there were couples i was like gunning for it oh just, okay but yeah um for me Jeez. yeah for me i think misaki and yuki actually had some beautiful moments because just knowing misaki's story of the whole breakup with hikaru and then yuki kind of like it was kind of a reminder of Sayong Suma Yanzi Feifu, right? It's basically if you lose a horse, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be a good thing. So when you when um, when Hansan leaves, it's super emotional. But then Yuki comes in, right? And like, oh, it's like a breath of fresh air for Misaki, who's recovering from this this still from this big major rejection from Hikaru, who basically told her like, you don't have a center, you know. And then Yuki comes in and tells Misaki, no, you totally do. And I accept you as you are. And I was just like, wow, that's really beautiful, you know? You know? Uh, again, it did seem like a little bit like, 
dang, he's like very bubbling, like so like oh I love he's like saying on like the third time they go out like I love you, you know, like he's like whoa, you know, um uh so but I did think that was kind of nice. And then also Armand him getting like also him getting hit by a car. <laughs> he gets hit by a car, but basically because he got hit by the car, Martha was taking care of him and he's like, Damn, I love this girl, you know, like <laughs> So it's kind of like a a bad thing Four turns into a nails. good thing, yeah. Um, so and then the whole Rico and Hayate, yeah, super creep, yeah. Um, the that was weird, but uh, I want to say maybe there's some parts of Hayato that are good that we didn't really get to see. I think maybe, yeah. Um, so so I guess for the most part, I would say Misaki and Yuki, but I know they didn't they didn't last. And another thing with yeah. From what, yeah, Misaki, and then, um, uh, what else happened? Yeah, for, I saw on another reality show, Misaki, they, they went to clean up Misaki's apartment, and it was, like, super messy. It was like she was a hoarder or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, like, this whole other side about Misaki that maybe we don't know about. And, like, it was, it was super sad to watch because she started crying when the commentators... It was a, this is a different reality show, like a yeah, variety show, and she started crying. And I think, may, you know, lucky that they went and cleaned it, but she, I think she has a, some other issues that she's dealing with, and, and I'm glad that she had Yuki, and they had their, some beautiful moments together. Um, so, yeah, but as far as, like, top guy, probably, maybe Hansan, just because he seemed the most put together. And then top girl, I would say... Well, Momo, she's only there for a little bit, but Momo Moko, she 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 had her shit together. She like reached her dream, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, very um, didn't really not too memorable. Uh, it's hard for me. Uh, come back to me. What about you, Dan? Yeah, um, I think Hansan is probably Hansan and Armin are probably up there. Yeah, Armin's good um, too. Yeah, uh, for the girls, I think it was probably like the last girl that was around it was like Martha or Masa. So I, I liked her. Uh, I didn't like her at the very beginning for whatever reason. But she liked Hayato a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But as like the things went on, I, I was like, oh, oh yeah, this girl's actually kind of like a female version of Armand <laughs> in a way. <laughs> so it's good that they hooked up. And we didn't get, we didn't really talk about it. But like the formal, formal way of like guys and girls getting together was like very interesting to me because I've never dated a Japanese like I. I went out a couple of times with a Japanese girl, but not to the point where I had to like confess my love or like, hey, let's make it formal that we're boyfriend girlfriend kind of thing. So rather than having it organically just go on, I thought that was very interesting. You know, not, not kissing before you actually do all that. Um, as far as a couple is concerned, probably Armand and Mar- Martha, even though it only lasted for a year or something like that. I think they lasted the longest out of all the couples after the show on this particular season, yeah. Yeah. Like a year and a half or something, yeah. And I know that, um, I know that Misaki, she might have had like some sort of weird mess, but she actually made it to one of those pop idol groups. Oh, great. Good for her. Yeah. 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 Um, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, so to wrap it up, uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, one more thing. I talked to my Japanese tutor about this whole this uh, confession thing and she's like yeah basically for her personally she's like a 20 something Japanese woman in Japan it's uncomfortable for her to hang out with single guys Mm. by herself just the two of them 
because then she it, she kind of wants to know okay what is this are we just friends hanging out or are we just like is this a date you know like she kind of wants clarity and in this way like Japanese people are very straightforward I think they want to know exactly what is this you know but in some ways I, I, I was like wow I told her like that seems like a lot of pressure like at the start you know like she's like yeah but I mean people are trying there's people people are different but in general if you like someone you would you would basically do the, a confession a hakzubai yeah, yeah. and then um, say like hey I like you um, I like to go out and then go from there <laughs> and that I just found that very interesting um, although some people I think nowadays it's it's that's still like a holdover from like a more conservative era but I think people are a little bit more lenient now like uh, but yeah uh, I don't know Nicole any thoughts on that did that did you find that surprising at all or yeah that like the whole like hands holding thing like they were super like strict about that it seemed yeah. like where to me it didn't seem like that big of a deal but it seemed like a big deal like if you're doing that you were dating kind hold of. up hold up hold up like remember with Armand and yeah. like Arisa, Arisa, like reaching for that. Arisa, heartbreaker. She's a heartbreaker. <laughs> she let him on. Anyways. Yeah, I felt bad for him there, but yeah. So that was like it. Definitely stood out to me, like how kind of formal things felt. Um, which I mean, like in some respects, like I can respect that, like having things be clear cut from the start on like how things are going to yeah. proceed. But it's definitely a bit of a cultural shock. So, Nicole, you'd hold hands with someone before a relationship? Yeah, before, like, defining things or anything. Like, if you're going out, like, on dates, then, yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I think holding... I've done more before relationships. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I think hand-holding is, a, like, uh, is kind of intimate. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Like, in some ways, it's more intimate than kissing, I think. Like, if you're hand-holding and holding hands in public. I don't know, Dan, what's your thoughts on that? I don't know about the, I don't know that's like an old thought I think hand holding is okay it's not, okay, not that yeah. big of, I mean when you're in grade school you don't even kiss like back in the days right you just like hold hands it's like that yeah we deal. didn't even think about it yeah 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 yeah. okay um, so sorry we should wrap it up Nicole I know you, uh, you it's, it's it's getting kind of late um, so we generally do like a language corner um for to wrap it up but i think i don't know dan you want to do language corner or like let's see i got nothing i, I didn't even prepare for that one i was like i just want to talk about terrace house terrace house <laughs> yeah how about this instead of a language corner we'll do um nicole do you have a favorite uh out, so out of all the series this is your favorite series huh yeah okay how about this out of all the series that you've watched the ones on netflix which are um boys and girls in the city opening uh Opening Hello. New Doors or uh, Tokyo 2019-2020. Do you have a favorite cast member? Um, I think my favorite cast member is, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name in this very moment. But in Opening New Doors, she plays hockey. Oh. oh yes. her name? I follow her. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't I can't seen remember her name. Oh, I, there's, I totally reason. skipped Aloha State. Oh, sorry. Aloha State comes before Opening New Doors. But yeah. Well, I don't care about anyone at Aloha State. Oh, so. ouch. <laughs> Um, yeah, so definitely, I think she's probably my favorite. Like her whole like journey, she seems like the nicest, uh, sweetest person, and I was also rooting for for her relationship. Great. But, okay, I look forward uh, to watching that. Awesome. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. 
Um, huh. I don't know. I've only seen two series. Again, I, I, Terrace House Aloha State. I mean, I, some of the people were okay, but overall, I just, oh man, especially the last group of six people that were at the end, I just thought they could just like cut that whole, whole <laughs> section off, and I would not worried about it. So I look I don't forward to watching it. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, I will cool. end with. Uh, there's a few. F- uh, yeah, I think. I've seen the first season. I definitely recommend everyone to watch it. Check out the first season if you can find it on the torrent site or something, <laughs> or like download it somewhere. I think there's some really good moments in there. There they make some appearances, like Sana makes an appearance. There's also Daiki, the the boxer guy. His story arc is pretty crazy when you watch it. As far as um, the first season, um, I will I will end with a language corner of like there's a lot of fun phrases like Dan had already mentioned shogunai, which means like cannot be helped shogunai they use that some a lot uh another one was um <laughs> yeah I, I think it's so funny the rice the coward rice uh okujinashi right dan am i pronouncing that correctly okujinashi okujinashi yeah okujinashi mm. coward oh yeah, if we actually stick to terrace house japanese words yeah the thing that i learned was yabai yabai when i was growing up yabai means like oh shit that's bad but for them it was like Yabai. I was like, that's amazing. I was like, oh, right, that's right. A new Japanese slang that I did not know until I watched the show. By the well, way, I looked yeah. up Tsubasa. Is, is yeah. Yeah. What's that? Tsubasa. What's Tsubasa that? Is, oh, that's the, the hockey player girl that I oh, like. Oh, Tsubasa. Okay. Tsubasa and means wings, by the way. Means what? Wings. Oh. Wings. Yeah. Well, like, Dan, do you know Cho, cho Kawaii? Like, super Fair. cute. Very, very yeah, yeah. they use that like chill kakoi super cool yeah yeah um, really cool yeah well um okay uh let's wrap it up any last thoughts before we we end this podcast nicole um just go i mean i assume you would have watched it if you're listening to this but if you haven't go go watch it and introduce other people to it and bring them into the cult so. <laughs> dan uh Nicole said it already. Yeah. Just go watch. It's, I think it's um, I will just end with like, yeah, just understand that this, these are real people. These are people's real lives. And I think we were kind of like being bagging, bagging on some of these people. But at, at the end of the day, they're, this is just only a snippet of who they are. And even though I'm, I may seem so kind of judgmental on some of them, for the for all we know, like in real life, they're super cool. And who knows? Because You're the Yamachan from this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, because because like real talk. Sorry to get like dark, like Yamachan, but like uh, yeah, some people have had. Uh, there's one girl that you know had killed herself over bad comments from not this season, but from a, the most recent season, twenty Tokyo twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. Um, uh, so I think it's from bad comments, and that because the producer were pushing her, so just understand like i think one thing i learned from this series is that not like wow there's certain behaviors i don't want to be like but also you know at the same time i can i can relate to them even yuki i can i even uh the dream police guy i can see what he's trying to do and i can see maybe he has some good me- but the way he presented it, it made a girl cry and, and i think there's a lot of people who hated on him and you could see later on his behavior become much more chill right yeah <laughs> 
But at the end of the day, I uh, what I think I like to all the listeners is like you know I think definitely check it out and see how it relates to your own life. And but at the same time, don't be too judgmental of these people because again, they know the cameras on them and it's it's a pressured situation. And who knows? Like in the same situation, I I would probably do some dumb shit too. So yeah, cool. So that's the end of this podcast. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for Thank having you, me. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, take care. Have a great night. Stay safe. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yin and Yang, the podcast, episode 51, Terrace House, Boys and Girls in the City with guest Nicole McClendon. This episode features short audio and video clips from the show that belong to Fuji TV and Netflix as well as the images you see now uh, if you're watching us on YouTube. The intro and the outro is from the song Slow Down by the band Lights Follow. Speaking of follow, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Yin Young Podcast. That's spelled Y-I-N-Y-O-U-N-G Podcast. Uh, and also on YouTube at Yin and Young. That's spelled Y-I-N ampersand. Y-O-U-N-G Like and subscribe to our content so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much and hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. Happy Holidays!